0: Welcome to Hope City Online. It's so good to see you today. We hope you're gonna be blessed by the message today. If you do enjoy our sermons, then why don't you press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss out on any one of our sermons. We upload them every single week. And if you wanna give to us today, there is a link to donate in the description. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the message.
1: Hello, welcome, thank you for joining us today. I trust you've got your Bible, you've got your coffee or your tea, and you're ready to hear the word today. Pastor Andrew and I are going to speak to you today uh, about the rooms of the heart. You know, I know we often say that the heart is like a house yeah. and within that house there are many rooms and there are rooms of our heart that develop over our lives through experiences and these can be rooms that either bring life, that bring God's plan and purpose, or they can be rooms that, that hinder us, that cause us to, uh, to to not pursue God's plan for our life. They can serve as destiny blockers, can't they? And these sure. are things that hinder our progress and we see uh, many examples in the Bible where people have had rooms in their heart that are not aligned and that have hindered their progress but we're going to look at one now where a man who had had a room saw a way to get out of it through Jesus. That is the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, because he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. It's an amazing story. It is.
2: You know, Keith, we can all accumulate damage on our journey like Zacchaeus did, and they can those that damage can block our destiny. For Zacchaeus, as we look at his story, his statue, his size mm. uh, was a real hindrance and the crowd blocked him from seeing Jesus from progressing to his destiny. But Zacchaeus was able to correctly interpret the pain and, and move forward in his destiny. And we see that, that he was able to find the place where Jesus was going to intersect with him and destiny was going to be out, um, outworked. And I'm really uh, encouraged by this story because so many times, We go through uh, opposition and circumstances that wanna block our destiny. We call them destiny blockers. Mm. And the key is that we take care of our heart
0: and we don't allow things to come in and damage the rooms of our heart so we can progress towards what God has for us. That's right, yeah, that's right. So Zacchaeus, he he was able to
1: to get on a God's pathway for his life and God has a pathway for your life today. There is a preordained pathway that God has set before you and it is a pathway of favour and protection that is to, designed to lead you through every challenge and thrive. Proverbs 2 verse 8 says, for he guards the path of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. In the King James Version, love the King James, yes. it says the path of judgment decrees or all verdicts. So there is a pathway that God has designed for your life that has a commitment of his blessings attached to you he maintains and protects you basically when you're on his pathway he doesn't have a choice
0: but to bless you and increase you because you are aligned with him yeah so so for Zacchaeus God had him on a pathway to destiny Mm. that's like the, the enemy wants
2: to hinder our progress Uh, because he knows that if we stay on the path that God has for us, Keith, that there is just, there is a decreed blessing for our life. Whenever we stay on God's path, we can't help but be blessed and favoured. But the devil wants to wound our hearts and and to sidetrack us from the path like he wanted to do with Zacchaeus. And, And what happens is, If we allow that to occur, our hearts, each room of our heart gets damaged Mm -hmm. and then we can't progress on the walk that God has for us. And so the Bible tells us that there are rooms of our heart that collectively make the house that we live in. So I want you to picture right now in your life today that all these experiences that you've had all over the journey of your life, all these individual experiences are rooms that that are made in your life. They're rooms of a house or rooms of a mansion and every experience one upon another just builds another room in your life. Jesus mentioned this in John 14 verse one. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. So there's a key there. And the heart is the combination of the reborn spirit and soul. He said, don't let that part, your inner world be troubled. You believe in God, Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. And Keith, you know, when I was a little boy, I thought that was a picture of like God building the Taj Mahal in heaven <laughs> for me. You know, I had this like amazing mansion with, you know, um, with a swimming pool, yeah, and a sauna Chocolate and um, all sorts of places that we could enjoy. And, you know, maybe that's the case. Maybe we'll get to heaven and have an amazing house. I Mm -hmm. hope so. But I think Jesus was saying something far more that that the house that God is building us, the mansion that God is building is actually us and that he's building rooms in our heart. And he takes all these experiences that we've had during during our journey. And he builds these rooms that collectively make a house. So our life experiences build our inner world. And I put it like this, many experiences build many rooms. And so what God is wanting to do
0: is to turn these experiences into amazing rooms that build our house. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's vital that we do that, that we allow God to do that, because these rooms, they
1: determine how we live our lives, don't they? They determine how we see ourselves. They influence our worldview. They determine our reactions, the choices that we make in life, Um, the people that are attracted to us, the people we bring into our lives, the people we repel or push away. They really influence. They become a source of life for us, a source of, source of God's wisdom, or they become a source of fear and deception, e.g. that there can be a room called divorce, as an example. If you've been through a divorce, um, there is a room that can develop in the heart that is formed around that experience that can create emotions and mindsets that can impact areas of our life. I know, Andrew, you and I have both gone through seasons where we've had physical sickness in our lives, and again, we can develop a sickness room where the experiences, the emotional pain through that can develop a room that is not of God and it's something we have to actively seek to overcome.
2: That's really true Keith Mm. and and, you know you can meet people that are living out of the experience of that room and so we can say or do things around them that trigger an unusual response and it's because they're living out of the pain of that room. We talked about Divorce, which is one. So if you're living out of a painful memory of that divorce, you've had damage in the room of your heart, Mm. then when you have an opportunity to make new relationships. So if your parents have experienced divorce and now you're older and you want to get married yourself, if you don't deal with that room, it's going to, Re, uh, attract and repel people in your yeah. life and we're not realizing what's actually going on and it's because we haven't healed the room of our heart mm, yeah. and so it's so important that we realize that every experience every every major experience is creating a room in our heart where we're living out of that room that either repels or attracts it attracts favor or, or repels favor mm. and so as we look at these rooms say, what we want you to see then in every single room of our heart, there are two doors and people may not realize this, but every room has two doors and one's a God door Mm. and one's a demonic door we would call. One's a redemptive door and one is a, a destructive door.
0: And so we have the choice to both enter in and to exit out of those rooms through one of those doors. Yeah, that's right. And it's really important that we enter the right door because
1: doors lead to transition, don't they? Yeah. They lead to transitional moments in our lives. So, it, for instance, if we enter the God door, we can go from ashes to beauty. We yeah. can go from a life that is has pain, that's uh, where the enemy's caused the ashes, caused the promises to burn away. And God can renew that when we go through the right door and he can beautify that area that's of our right. lives. We can go from discouragement to hope. So we've had had... had a divorce, uh, we can go from discouragement in relationships to, to a negative worldview, to hope, and a prosperous mindset for the future. Or we can go from poverty to prosperity. So if, we, if we've grown up in an environment where poverty has been surrounded by us, we're used to that, we can develop a, a poverty door that we can find it hard to break out of. But a God door is a prosperous door I'm in. Yeah. So the key is to go from
0: poverty to prosperity if we open the right door. That's so true. Yeah. And, and alternative, Keith, people can also go through a demonic door. And so you may have had rejection
2: an experience of rejection. And if you choose to go into that experience through your memories and revisit those memories, you can turn rejection into, into full blown uh, bondage and, mm. and, and just pain because you've gone through the demonic door and you've seen it through the enemy's mindset and, and perspective. And so you make a bad circumstance yeah. even worse. You can go through discouragement in your life. And so you've got a room called discouragement. And so instead of going through God's door to get his perspective, you go through the demonic door and it turns into depression. Yeah, mm. uh, Again, uh, anger, you can go through moments of anger where there's a room called anger. And if you go through a demonic door, you can turn that into rage. Mm. And so it, you know, it's so important that we go through the right door into every experience in our life because... If you choose the right door, you can access God's perspective and favour. That's right, yeah. And it's
1: important that if we've been in the wrong room, that we exit and we shut those doors because shut doors are for our protection. I know we've probably all been inside the pity room. I know there are times when I have, you know, you go put the kettle on, you, you crank the Selendi on, tunes up, <laughs> and we can but we can dwell in the pity room. But if we stay in that, we're not going to progress and the room gets bigger and bigger. I know that you know people can find comfort in being sad, almost, yeah. and that is not a, a godly door, and it's not going to lead to breakthrough. And if we spend too much time, for instance, in the pretty room, and we leave that room, uh, you know, unattended, we're not trying to getting out of it. It's an open invitation for the enemy to come in and mm. set up a mm.
2: home
0: in our lives. Mm. So, what, who are you listening to again? Oh, I just threw out Land Dion, ah, but you know, I thought it might have been Dolly Parton. Maybe a bridge over yeah. troubled water. Okay, yeah. I see. <laughs> so when we when we have
2: these experiences, it's so important that we ask the right questions, mm. that we're proactive in our responses to every circumstance and experience. That's right. So the sort of questions we're asking are, Lord, what's happened and what do you want me to know about this experience? That mm. so we actually ask God rather than just allow things to happen. By themselves, we need to ask ourselves: All right, Lord, what door am I going to choose to walk into when I revisit that ex- that experience? Mm. What door am I going to choose when I walk back out? So we can meditate on the experience. So, e.g., I could think back to to when my father left, or you could think back mm. to some of your circumstances. We can revisit those moments, and and, and it's a memory that we we think about. But it's so important that when we exit that memory, we exit through the God door and we give God praise and thanks that he was in control of those circumstances. Because whenever we revisit a memory, which is a room, and we come out the wrong door, we can turn what God has meant for good and turn it into evil and we can give the enemy a foothold. Mm. And so we need to be really aware of that, that that we ask the right question. That's right, that's good. I mean, it's such a good point because whenever we
1: open a door, it brings access, doesn't it, whether it's of God or it's of the enemy. And in order to to access a a God door today, we need to get a key, don't we? That's right. once I have the key, a key from God, I can access behind the door and I can operate in the wisdom that God has in that room. You know, I remember how we talked earlier about how God has a preordained pathway for your life today, one full of favour and blessing. And if I approach through the door in obedience, then I can find the
0: pathway, the pathway of favour and protection for my life. That's right. Mm. So Keith, I have found when it comes to the heart, that the book of Proverbs, and it may be uh, uh,
2: interesting thing for people, but the book of Proverbs is the master book on the heart mm. how to recognize the heart, how to access the heart, how to bring healing to the heart, and so on. Um, I thought it's something we could just unpack now and help people in their journey to receiving healing in the rooms Mm, of their heart. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, there's an incredible
2: amount of wisdom
1: in Proverbs. Solomon was really really on it, wasn't he, with wisdom. And it shows us basically how to approach the rooms of our heart. And throughout Proverbs, we see three things in particular, three keys, and that's knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. So the knowledge of God knowledge of God that is the accumulation of the right facts that God says about you today yes. what God says about love what he says about forgiveness in your life what he says about healing and prosperity I mean I can give you an example from my own life with the relationship with my own father so I had to get a knowledge of God's forgiveness right. first so that I could close the wrong door the door of unforgiveness and progress and this is where the word of God really comes in doesn't it because yeah. it positions us in front of the right door. When we need knowledge on whatever door we need to shut, whether it's forgiveness, the door
0: of poverty, the word of God is what is going to close the wrong door and bring us into the right one. That's really good, Keith. And that's what the psalmist said, David, that mm. he hid God's word in his heart
2: yeah, so he wouldn't sin against him. So hiding God's word in our heart, accumulating the knowledge of God's word, really, as you said, really does position us in front of the right door. Mm. And the second thing, so he talks about knowledge, then he talks about understanding. And understanding is the key that opens the door. Understanding is, is God, what do you mean? So God, what are you saying now, God, what do you mean? Understanding is where we take the knowledge of God and we meditate on it until it becomes a deep revelation in our heart. Mm. And once we get revelation, it opens the door, the God door, into the room of our heart so we get God's perspective. Mm, that's right, yeah. So we actively search
1: for it, don't we? We're active participants. We actively search for the keys. It says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse one, "'My son, if you accept my words "'and store up my commands within you, "'turning your ear to wisdom "'and applying your heart to understanding. "'Indeed, if you call out for insight "'and cry aloud for understanding, "'and if you look for it as for silver "'and search for it as for hidden treasure.'" So what we see here, is is a key for us today and that is to be proactive in searching for the keys, yeah. searching
2: for the revelation. It requires yeah. work. Yeah you, you have to work absolutely and you know I've I've talked to people about being transformed and, and I've said you know the word of God is is the key to your transformation, to healing your heart and you've got, to, you've got to go after it. And they say, you know, I've tried that. Mm. I've, I've read the word for a day and <laughs> you know, and it didn't work. And, and, and it's like, no, you, you need to understand, you've got to go after it. And Proverbs is saying, you've got to cry out for understanding. You've got to seek wisdom. You've got to pray for revelation. And as you do that, the, the key will come to you. And it reminds me, Keith, of the story about the humble bee. And mm. I know that you love honey and you I, love yeah, bees. I love a bit of you're, be prone to a nice manuka honey sandwich. <laughs> no, I'm prone to a dollar. And, and yeah. did you know, like I've got some manuka honey here. There's yeah. just a small one. Small, but it costs a lot of money. Indeed. And uh, you know, it takes. I read that it takes bees three million visits to the flower to make this little pot of honey it's amazing. which is r- amazing and in fact it takes to make this amount of honey you, bees would have to fly three times around the world so that's not just one bee flying three times around the world mm. it's a relay race mm. but that's the sort of effort and
0: stamina that goes into making this amount of honey that's right yeah it's a few frequent fly miles it is a it? few frequent bees. fly miles and
1: i know that to produce one tablespoon of honey um you know for year for year for your drink, whatever it is, for your toast, it takes the the bee forty two hundred trips to the flowers, doesn't it? It it's, does. Uh, knowing that it makes that porridge taste it, a bit sweeter. It does. But w- really, it's about endurance and stamina. It's a so picture. you try isn't a little it?
2: bit of that yeah. manuka
0: honey, Keith. This is just dip it in the tea.
2: So what you're saying is that one of these teaspoons, what was it again?
0: How many trips? Forty two hundred.
2: Mmm.
1: Just makes it taste all that sweeter, doesn't
2: it? It's beautiful. I don't know if I can keep talking with all this honey yeah, in my that's mouth. That's right. But, but the analogy is so true that what has brought such, mm, this is beautiful, it's brought such sweetness and joy to our hearts. Mm. And, like, and we've just demolished that mm. teaspoon of honey like that. And it's taken the bees so much work right. and effort. And I guess the point we're trying to make today is that revelation, and honey is the picture of it revelation. Is, yeah. You've got to go after it. You've got to be passionate. And I know in my own life, I keep praying, Lord, give me the spirit. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom mm. and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, I know there are rooms in my heart that need to be transformed. There's things I still don't yet see. And I am I am committed to the wholeness of my heart, to the healing of every room of my heart. And so like those bees you know, three times around the world for that little pot of honey. I'm prepared, Lord. I'm seeking your face. I do not want to stay the same. I want to be transformed. I want my life to be turned into a mansion
0: Mm. that brings blessing, not just to you, but also to other people. That's good. Isn't amazing? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, revelation, obviously, it takes
1: hard work, doesn't it? It takes stamina, a purposeful effort to receive revelation.
0: And when we do that, it opens the door to wisdom and understanding, doesn't it? That's right. So we've gone from knowledge to understanding to wisdom. And so once we get that
2: revelation, that key to enter the room, that experience of our life, in that room is wisdom. And so Keith, we were talking about our father's and, and once we got the revelation of God's love for us, the truth of how God sees us as a father, we can now go back into those experiences with our father. And there's wisdom there. There's what James mm. calls the crown of life. So in other words, the wisdom I've learned through those experiences, because I've now got God's perspective, I can take that wisdom and it can be a source of blessing yeah. to other people. People can now come and live out of the benefits of the room that I've created, Mm. but with God's help, that wisdom I can
0: leverage for all of life. And so it's so important that we, that we understand that. That's right, yeah. So when we approach a room of the heart, um, it says in
1: Proverbs 3.1, it shows us how to do this. It says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So we see a few keys here of how to approach a room of the heart. And it says love and faithfulness, I think, are the keys here. So faithfulness, that is the truth. That is the truth about God and what he has for you, his circumstance, his word, his promises for your life. And the love is the revelation knowledge of God's value that he's placed in you, the revelation of Father God, his yeah. plans for your life. And when we bind them around at our neck, which is a picture of the will, isn't it? Yes. The neck is a picture of the will so we're to take the love of God the truth about God the truth about our lives and bind them around our our, our will our neck. And it says to write, write it on the tablets of your heart. So we we take that, we write it in in our new heart room full of wisdom, full of God's love and faithfulness. And it says here that we will be led to peace and prosperity. They are the side effects of aligning the right room, of gaining wisdom and insight for your life today.
2: Yeah. So when we come to the door of our heart, as Keith said, we want to focus on two things, love of God, and the truth of God. Those two things are so important. We are seeing that the psalmist is constantly uh, looking and and searching for different uh, realms of revelation about God's love and the truth of his circumstances. And love and truth are so important when we venture towards the door of our heart. And this is what I wanna know. God, I wanna get a fresh revelation of your love and I wanna get a fresh revelation of the truth about this circumstance or the room that I'm about to enter into. And it's really important because, you know, when we when we have a, a happy heart, a healthy heart, as you said before, it's, it's the greatest tool against every temptation. An unhappy heart is an unhealthy heart and it's prone to temptation. Mm. So I want to make sure that when I approach the room in my heart, I'm getting a fresh revelation of God's love and his truth. You know, the altar of incense is a great picture of this, Keith. In the Old Testament, Uh, in the altar of incense, there was a combination of the coals taken from the brazen altar and also the incense that was uh, placed there. And the combination of the coals and the incense would burn this amazing fragrance. The coals represent the truth and the incense represents our emotions. And when we bring these two together, everything changes. So whenever I'm uh, coming towards an experience or revisiting an experience, I want to make sure that. I've got God's truth and I've got God's love in my emotions. And uh, and I wrote in one of my books, Keith, that, that we, we must define our thoughts and sense our emotions in painful times so we can have a right conclusion about that event. So any event that I look at, any room that I go to, I want to define my thoughts. And I want to sense my emotions. I want to make sure that my emotions are drenched in the love of God. And I want to make sure the thoughts I have about the room of my heart are thoughts that God has about the room of my heart. These two are so important that we, that we get them both together. And whenever emotions and truth collide together, we have right, right um, atmosphere over life. So when we meet people, Keith, that don't have a great atmosphere over our life, it's because that they've ventured into rooms in their life that aren't drenched in the love of God, and the truth of God. And whenever you have that, then there's a bad atmosphere Mm -hmm. over people's lives. That, that's the way I see it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we must define our thoughts and our sense of emotions in painful times to come to the right conclusions about yeah. what God says about that situation. And that's why we worship in times of pain. That's why praise and worship is such valuable weapons because it causes us to gain a higher perspective, God's perspective of our situation. So we, we went through Proverbs 1 uh, verse 1 to 3. three, one, yeah. three one. So let's look at Proverbs 3, 4 to 6 now. And it says, Then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God and man. So when my heart is healthy, I attract the favor of God and the favor of man as well. It's amazing. We trust in the Lord, says in verse 5, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so we, we, don't, we don't draw conclusions about our circumstance. We draw conclusions about the facts that God says about us, his truth yes. and his love. And it says in verse six, in all your ways submit to him. So I'm getting his perspective about my room, his perspective about my life. And it says that he will make your pathway straight. So again, we get back to this theme of God's preordained pathway that he has for you. And when we do this, when we get his perspective and we approach a door, in obedience, then there is a preordained uh, pathway of favour and protection that we arrive on. God, yeah. A God's door will lead to a pathway of blessings and favour in your life.
2: That's really interesting that you said that, Keith, about in all your ways, submit to Him. Mm. And I think that's a big key there. We, you talked about the will and, and having that bound around your neck. That That's the big deal because... Am I prepared to submit my perspective about the room to Him? Mm, wow! Well. You know, because I think it's a deal breaker because some people are not willing to submit their perspective. Yeah. This is what I see about my experiences. This is what happened. And this is who hurt me. And I'm not willing to see it any other way. But, but the Proverbs is saying we've got to submit our will to Him and get His perspective. Mm. and It'll make all the difference. Mm. So aren't we... To a a practical, uh, I guess, example of that, how do do we approach a room of our heart? There are many experiences that we go through, that people listening have gone through, and we want to make it incredibly practical. So we come before the door of our heart, the door that leads to a room and experience, and we're searching at that door for love, His love, and we're searching for His truth. And so... This may be uh, practical uh, for certain people, if not now, maybe later. Uh, you know, we go through times where we lose a job, mm. we lose our sense of security, and um, that can be a real big deal. So remember, if that's your experience, you've lost a job, maybe in the past, or maybe just recently, maybe you've lost money, and you're quite concerned, you're quite nervous about your future, so remember when you go into that experience, when you want to open that door, look for the love of God and the truth of God about that experience. So practically how would I do it? Well, if, if I'd lost my job and I hope I don't lose it here because you know you won't be listening to me next week. But if I, if I was to lose a job, I'd be saying, okay, God, please remind me about your love. I, I need to enter that door with a key and it's the key of love. I want your knowledge about love. And I want that knowledge to turn into revelation. So I begin to meditate on the love of God towards me. It says, Keith, in Hebrews, that God has said he would never, ever leave me or forsake me. So, Lord, even though this job has gone and it looks like I'm on my own, it looks like I have to fend for myself. You said you would never leave me or forsake me. You said, Lord, that the same love, Father, that you have for the Son, you have for me. And you never left the son, even when others deserted him, you never deserted him. And so I may be on my own, I may be fending for myself in the natural, but I decree over my life that your love never fails. You know, as I get a revelation of that in my heart, deep in my heart, a key comes and it opens the door into that experience, and I begin to get God's perspective. Yeah, that's awesome, Andrew.
1: And you're right, when we get a revelation of that love, of God's love, it leads to a life of living out of the truth, the truth of God that he's set over our lives. Because if we don't get that truth, we can develop negative mindsets. So you talked to Andrew about losing a job. So in that situation, if we don't understand the truth about God, the truth of what he says about us in that situation, then it can develop into a I can't do it or a woe is me mindset. We can think, well, I can't succeed at a job. I'm not going to get a new one. I'm not capable. I'm not able to produce wealth, you know, because everyone's unemployed. I'm going to be the same. And it can produce a negative mindset. So we need to address that in a real practical way. And the first step is to know your position of authority. I mean, I know it says in Deuteronomy 28, 13, that God has made you the head and not the tail. So the head, that that is the authority that God has placed in you to be um, in a position of power and of influence over the tail which is the circumstances you're you're faced with. And it says in that scripture, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. Amen. Amen. The commands, they are the decrees of God, His word, what He says about you. So first, that's how we get the truth. We get into the word. We pick up the commands, the decrees of God. And through that, we become the head and not the tail. Yes. You will always be... At the top regardless of your circumstance and then the second thing we do is we activate the mind of Christ so we have the mind of Christ inside of us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, talks to us about the church, the believer, having the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is amazing. That is a limitless, limitless resource inside yeah. of you. Um, and see, our physical brains, they are limited, aren't they? They only have a certain mm. amount of capacity, some more than others. I know your know, mind's pretty good. But they are, it's very limited compared to the mind of Christ. But you have the mind of Christ within you, and that is found within your born-again spirit, within your. A spirit man, the anointing of God that's in you to know all things and in all circumstances, whether you've lost a job or if it's your relationships, whatever area that you're struggling in. So the key is to activate the mind of Christ. And again, it gets back to the Word. It gets back to meditation. So the Word of God, that is the thoughts, the mind of Christ written in ink. God's made it really easy for you to get hold of yes. his thoughts for your yeah. life today. And meditation will take you to the room of revelation in your heart which will release the mind of christ the thoughts of god the plans of god and the word will release the authority of god and you will go from being unemployed to being abundant you'll be you'll be getting job offers left right and center you will operate in a position of great abundance and authority because through this you will have a
0: revelation and jesus will reproduce in your physical mind yeah so we, we, we said that the heart either attracts or repels. Mm. The Bible says, guard your heart
2: with all diligence because out of the heart flows the issues of life. And so it's so important that we have all the rooms of our heart healthy and flowing with the life of God. So we, we just give an example. You've come before the room of your heart, the door that leads into the room. We've brought the revelation of God's love. We brought the revelation of God's truth, and as we've done that, and we've meditated on it, we've got a key that has opened us up, opened up the door into that room, and it's a room where, in the in the natural, it looks like there's no job, but now that room's turned into the provision of God, the love of God. And out of that flows abundance, mm. and because we've received revelation there, I have this conviction that that I'll never be without a job. That I always will be blessed because I've I live out of that room now. It's 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 all these rooms now create a mansion, mm. and that's measuring up to, to the full stature of Christ. So there's one example. We could give you many examples, but we'll leave it there. But we just want to encourage you that every single experience, there's now a room in your heart. God wants to transform. He wants to upgrade. He wants to build into your life a mansion. He wants all these rooms to be transformed into His image. So Keith and I, we pray for you today. If there are rooms that have been damaged, that are in dis- disarray, that you would enter that room again via the God door, that you would wait upon the Lord for Keith to access that room and that you would see it the way God sees it. For some of you, you've got to lay down your your determination to see the room a certain way and allow God to show you how he sees it. He wants to transform every room of your heart. It's God's design. We want to encourage you today to keep pressing in, to, to make a commitment that every single room, every single experience shall be redeemed. So we just release the love of God and the truth of God into every room of your heart. We close right now in the name of Jesus, the demonic doors that lead into rooms of despair and brokenness. Mm. And we just open up the God door so that you would operate out of the wisdom of God in every room. Right now I'm seeing doors shut in people's lives where the enemy has had a foothold. I take authority over every lie of the evil one. I see where there's been torment in people's rooms, where even people have been having reoccurring nightmares because the enemy has been playing and being active in the rooms of your heart. We break the power of the enemy now in Jesus name. And we shut that door and we open up the rooms of your heart to the power of the Holy Spirit to renovate, to upgrade, to renew every room of your heart, where there's been brokenness, we proclaim freedom. Amen. And we proclaim now that there would be so much joy in the rooms of your heart and that every room would bring glory to God. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. So Keith, it's been mm. just so good to be with you again. Mm, absolutely. And we just pray that God has so blessed you in a powerful way mm. today. Let every room be upgraded in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Thank you for watching Hope City Online. We really hope you were blessed by the message today. And if God's spoken to you, why don't you leave us a comment? We would love to hear from you. If you do enjoy our messages, you can press the subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss any one of our sermons. And if you want to give to us today, the link is in the description. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.